It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. What is up, folks? It is Friday. Yes. Yes, we are at the end of the week. We did it. And to celebrate, I'm going to do a full solo recap of Real Housewives of the uh, the old Beverly Hills. Have you seen this shit? What's going This This gets weirder each week. And I'm telling you, the show is weird. And then the stuff outside the show is even weirder. And I'm starting to, I mean, there. I'm dreaming about this shit right now. What is up, you guys? If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Uh, this is going to potentially, uh, you might not like it at first, but just give it a chance. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. We're going to have a blast. Um, this is a magical season. This season 13 that we're in, I really genuinely believe, I think they're going to study this one day. And I know you're like, Ryan, this is, no, sorry, season 11. Season 11. They really are going to study this season one day. I think it has everything. So we're going to focus on episode 18 that aired this past Wednesday. The title is Del Mar 
by the shade. Now, Del Mar, of course, uh, I think, um, what was that movie that came out over the pandemic with Kristen Wiig? What was it? Barb and Star at Del Mar, which was actually kind of a funny movie. It was kind of like a fever dream. Uh, but this has the uh, the Real Housewives lady going on down to Del Mar. And um, it's actually kind of foggy the whole time they're there. It was like, kind of bummed me out. I felt it was like Seattle a little bit, you know. Um, and by the way, I do know of the events that happened today. I saw the footage of Tom Girardi uh, walking out, and I also saw the footage of Erica Jane coming back from Vegas at the Burbank Airport. We'll talk about that at some point. I do want to once again say before we start having all the ha-has and the laughs and making fun of that uh, that bony, insane lady, Lisa Rinna, ah! Ah! Um, is that uh, the victims are the most important things. This, this case or this, this storyline is filled with sadness. I think the lies and all the stuff around it don't really help that sadness. I think it kind of makes it even darker than it has to be. Uh, there were so many, uh, crimes committed, uh, by Tom Girardi. And, uh, like I've always said from the beginning, two things can be true at once. This man can be losing his faculties he can have dementia, and he can still have committed crimes for the last four decades. I know we have a tendency, and I think this is a good tendency, is to have a lot of compassion, to see somebody that is ill, obviously, and to, to feel bad for them. Uh, there is a whopper of something that we got to talk about at the end with that Erica Jane uh, scene of her like, where's his family? Where's Tom's family? I'd like to know that. Bitch, are you kidding me? That's your job. That's you're the family. Like, what is going on? Like, I seriously, I thought I was losing my mind. I almost bashed my head against the TV. It was like, how are we, what, I mean, what, what, what are we doing here, folks? Like, how did the cameraman not, like, just drop his camera at that point and go, like, I gotta walk away. This is insane at this point. And then Rena and Kyle going, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Does nobody want to point out the obvious? I literally, I go through my days knowing that I am not, I am not a smart man, Jenny, but I do know what love is. I, I am not smart, but even I know that I'm like, wait a sec. She's bitching about the thing that she did. She left Tom. She was the one that left Tom. Oh, and by the way, did you hear the rumor about who she dating now? Okay, we got to get into We got so much crap to get into. We got so much to do, folks. Uh, if you could do something for me, uh, if you like this podcast, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I really would appreciate it. Man, we did so good this week, you guys, because of you. And we had a great week of shows. I'm so proud of this week. Sophie Ross on Monday. Um, what else happened? <laughs> Sophie Ross on Monday. We had the directors of Lula Rich, the LulaRoe documentary. Uh, that was incredible. Yesterday, we had a two for Thursday. Louis Peitzman, who is one of my favorite people, and Ronald Richards, uh, who is involved intimately with the Erica Jane uh, case. Now, if you heard that, a lot of people wrote that he is, uh, he's definitely a very passionate man. I mean, he he was yelling a couple times during that interview, but I do think it adds up. You know, it adds up to this case. Every little piece of information adds up, and there are so many people, I, I don't know, it's just, you know, it's like, I, I said to him in that interview, is that this show ends in like a month, plus the reunions, and... This isn't going to be solved. Like, I think we have this kind of weird thing that like, oh, this is going to be wrapped up in this tiny, neat little bow. And it just seems like things are getting messier and messier and messier. 
And it just doesn't help every week when you have this documentation of this show where you can poke holes in Erica Jane's story. You poke literal hole, like things just don't add up and they don't make sense. And it kind of takes the other ladies, it brings their stock down to me. I mean, we talk about that all the times in uh, terms of celebrity relationships. I was talking about that, about Dua Lipa and old uh, shovel face, Anwar Hadid. And I was like, I don't like Anwar Hadid and he's with Dua Lipa. And now I, it kind of brought Dua Lipa's stock down in my eyes. And that is the same of a lot of this cast because they are so, um, so close with Erica Jane. You know, the Rinna thing is just on a whole other level. And we got to get into her and Sutton because Sutton was on Watch What, I was on Watch What Happens Live and I, I killed it if I say I say I did so good. But she came out and she said, you know, I bought uh, Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin tickets to Elton John's benefit for 10000 a seat, I say I say. And then Lisa was like, no, you didn't, honey. She immediately came out on Instagram. Like she must, she must just wait in her coffin for people to say her name. And she was like, Lisa Rinna has been awoken. <laughs> I'm down with my homemade Versace dresses. <laughs> Amelia, and not Amelia. Somebody said your mommy's name. I will defend my honor now on Instagram. And she was like, no, Elton John invited me and Harry. And that's not how benefits work. Like Sutton obviously bought a table $10,000 ahead and there's actually photographic proof. Lisa wants to keep saying, no, Elton John invited us. But she's not say- like if Elton John invited you, you would still have to pay. It's a benefit. It's not Elton John's birthday party. It's not like, a, can I bring a guy? Like, it's like you pay to go in. So she would, like, it wasn't like Elton was like, uh, Lisa, you, oh, I loved you on Melrose Place and Harry Hamlin, I loved you on LA Law. So please, it would be an honor, even though I know every celebrity in the book, for you guys to sit at any table you would like. But we'll put you in Sutton's table. Uh, she's going to tell us uh, that she paid for you, but don't worry. It's old Elton that got you in. Rocket Man! It's, it's, I mean, but the fact that <laughs> Rena was so on top of it, and then she uh, Instagram storied, which she then deleted. Strike three. It's strike three with me, Sutton. Uh, you know, and I just think Lisa is now at a point where she is overvaluing her own friendship. Like, what? You're not going to be friends with me anymore, Lisa? What are you bringing to the table except for scre- extreme angst and anxiety? Like, there's, n- like, and by the way, if I, if Lisa, would call me a friend, I'd be like, holy shit, she's about to attack me. Like, that's what she does with her friends. That's what we saw with Denise. Like, I would never want to be called Lisa Rinna's friend. I would then, like, I've done something severely wrong. But, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I also heard today that we are, uh, they are going to film the new season starting, I think, the second week of October. And that's wild. We're already at filming for this new season. And this other, it hasn't slowed down. So I feel like we're going to get everybody back and we've already got so many storylines. And of course, I talked on yesterday's show, um, Teddy Mellencamp and all the girl, like a couple of the girls boarded a uh, private plane to Vegas so they could see John Mellencamp in concert. Kyle Richards went live around midnight last night. And fortunately, I was up to watch that. And they were just side stage watching John Mellencamp in a ballroom. And they were like, little pink houses for you and me. And I could hear them singing. Like, you know the thing when we used to go to concerts 
and especially me, I would like story the whole concert. And the thing that was embarrassing was that I never realized like you could pick me like up singing, you know? So I'd be like, party in the USA. Like, you know, I would tin roof rusted. You could hear me singing the entire time and I'm not the best singer in the world. So it was always extremely embarrassing. That was what it was like to go on Kyle Richards live while she was side stage to uh, Mellencamp's concert. And then John Mellencamp let them come come out and sing on mic with him, which is just like, you know, you're in Vegas. I don't know if it's like a work function where you're seeing John Mellencamp play or you actually bought tickets. And then all of a sudden you have to see uh, Freddie Mellencamp and and Kyle Richards on set. You're like, I didn't pay for this. John Mellencamp writes songs about middle America. And all of a sudden we're like, you know, everybody's got like a $5 million mortgage on stage. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up, you know? Whoo, God, this one. These ones always take the most energy because I'm so, I get so passionate and worked up. And I'll tell you, I find Twitter hysterical. There are so many people want, why don't you like my housewife? Oh, you're going to scare Lisa Rinna off. Oh, you guys are so stupid. It's always like the people that whine the hardest that are usually the most wrong. Um, And that's fine though. But the thing is, I don't want Lisa Rinna off the show. I mean, I would be extremely bummed to not be able to make fun of Skeletor anymore. Of course, I would be I would be horrified if I was, you know, I'm not calling for anybody's firing. I just want us to all be on the same page that she's a very horrible person. Like, that's it. She can stay on the show, but I at some point want her to, like, you know, last night when she had her, she kept uh, putting her hand to her heart when Garcelle was making important statements after Lisa Rinna bullied her into making them. And she'd be like, ah. And I want her to do that. Of, ah. And then her go, I'm a horrible person. I watched back all the shows and it turns out I'm a shit friend. I had no idea. Everybody told me I was loud. And then I actually watched it and I blew out Harry Hamlin's eardrums and I got it. I got, I've been doing that in person all my life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> should I go as Lisa Rinna for Halloween? Who should I? Yeah. Sexy Tom Girardi, I think is going to be who I'm going for as Halloween. So, um, so the show <laughs> real housewives, how are you guys? Are you guys good? You good? Okay. What do you guys got going this weekend? You doing it? You barbecuing? What are, what are we doing? Is this, we're in fall now. So I think the weather is starting, starting to change. Has anybody got any cool going? Anybody going on any dates or taking the kids out? Uh, well, we'll talk about that another time. Let's get into this episode. So Del Mar by the shade. Now, last week we ended last week's episode with, uh, old Boney, um, doing a talking head, going uh, about Garcelle going, you're a big girl. You can take Dorit. And then she literally goes, ha! That's that's the sound she makes, you guys. Stand away from your stereos or however you're listening. Ha! And she had the exact face, I shit you not, of the movie It, when the clown turns into the demon. That's the exact face she made. I freeze-framed it, and I'm just telling you, I've reported it to a lot of supernatural facilities, because that is not a normal face of a human, and I don't know if that's plastic surgery or fillers, but fillers shouldn't make you look like a demon when you laugh. It was legitimately scary, and I don't know if that was part of, like, a Halloween, you know, Halloween, by the way, did you guys watch the Halloween Kills preview? So it comes out October 15th, I believe, on in theaters, but also Peacock. They're, they're actually putting it on Peacock day and date. And Kyle really does have a big part in it. 
She's like, kids, what are you doing? It's me, Kyle. I have bangs. And uh, she fights Michael Myers. And I hear, well, I don't want to give away anything. But um, it looks like she's, I mean, I got to say, remember, Kyle was a good child actor. Like, the whole Richards family were decent actors. So I'm very excited. But I do think it would be funny if, like, Michael Myers sees Kyle and he's like, girl, what are those bangs? Like, he's like, you scared me legitimately. I usually don't talk, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Michael Myers is like, fine, I'll leave town. Just cut your bangs. That's ridiculous. And please don't blame me on your nose job. Uh, so that is where we left. And Garcelle going, can Dorit handle the truth? I don't know. But I will be honest as always. And we'll just see how that goes. And then, of course, we have... Uh, um, previously on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we, they always do, they always give, um, a different lady each week, the privilege of saying previously on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Do you notice that? But this week it's Lisa Rinna who does it. And we get previews throughout the season and it always gives you a a clue into what we're going to see this night. So, um, you know, we had the Kathy Kyle lasagna thing from Palm Desert where Kathy was like, we didn't talk for, we, we didn't talk for so long, Kyle. I didn't know you put onions in your lasagna. And uh, then we have a scene with Garcelle uh, where she's like, I don't know where I stand with this group. I feel like an outsider. And Dorit going, I don't believe you're an outsider. Boop, 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 boop. I'm a child of the world. I am Dorit P3PO. And then we have a scene of Erica going, he drove off the wall. And Kyle's like, no, Kyle's like, uh, Tom drove off a wall and he goes, yeah, he drove off a cliff. And then, <laughs> then we have Sutton going, she lied to us, folks, I say, I say. And then we go to Erica going, if you ever call me a liar again, I'm coming for you. And then, uh, we go to a, like, uh, then last week's episode when she was in the powder blue outfit talking to Kyle of like, uh, a burglar came in, and then Tom confronted the burglar. Then all of his arms fell out. Then my son came down. He flipped his car five times. I legitimately saw Tom get eaten up by an alligator. Yeah, it's been a it's been a lot, a rough week. Um, so then we get into the introductions. Da, 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 da. I always recommend. Uh, this is something I say so much, but I really highly recommend it if you can always. Watch these shows with the closed captioning on. You get so much. And and by the way, what, you know, we never salute the people that do these closed captioning. I mean, is it, am I, is it, is it a machine that does this? Or is there an actual lady or guy typing of like, what did Dorit say? Like, cause I have to like stop, I have to pause and go back. And especially this episode, there was so much fiery dialogue, especially at those dinner scenes. It was like a David Mamet play where I was like, damn it. You know, you know it's a good season when you have to pause so many times to get the dialogue right, and it's good dialogue. These ladies are on top of each other. But uh, the closed captioning is funny because you also get, like, um, it, it says, like, upbeat music because you'll hear, like, da 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 and they put in closed captioning, upbeat music. And I was like, well, that's worth closed captioning right there just to know it's upbeat music. Um Kyle, we open in Kyle's house, and Kyle, of course, has the two hounds from hell. Uh, I think they're beautiful dogs, but I had made the point uh, a couple weeks ago that I'd seen that Lost Boys movie where they said a vampire, uh, a dog, uh, big dogs like Kyle's dogs usually are there to protect the undead. Um, And I don't have any proof that Kyle's undead, and this is a scene during the daytime, so I'm pretty sure that Kyle's not a vampire, but their dogs are just always around. And I know you're like, well, my dogs are always around too. And I'm like, well, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 
but Kyle is packing and I always like these scenes, not because I'm a fashionista, obviously, but I just like to see how much shit Kyle buys and all of these ladies buy, especially you got to pay attention to Kathy Hilton's house. Kathy Hilton has so many tchotchkes and knickknacks and drawers and all that stuff. You know, like the, there's probably whole one floor dedicated and it's just like, this is my junk drawer floor. <laughs> like, you know, we, did you guys always, does everybody have a junk drawer? I was raised in Kansas and, and my mom, you know, you have a junk drawer in middle America. You, you know, you put your menus and your lozenges and key, just random keys and stapler. I mean, just random things would go into a junk drawer. And Kathy's whole, it seems like Kathy's like, the whole second floor is a junk a junk drawer room, if you will. Um, but I love to see all the crap. Like, wouldn't you love to know how much Kyle spends a month on clothing and gifts? Um, sorry, if you if you hear my dog, my dog is scatting. Uh, Brooklyn, my beautiful Pekingese Shih Tzu dog, um, is with me for a couple days. Um, his, uh, I get to I get to have my beautiful dog. So I've really just scared her with all of the Rena voices, and she was a little scatting on the couch to make herself comfortable. You're it's all right. Do you want to? Oh, I wish you could talk. Um, so there's clothes thrown everywhere in Kyle's because she's packing. And what did we do in these housewife shows before FaceTime? I feel like we always get these FaceTime scenes now. And Kyle FaceTimes Crystal. And guess what, guys? They're trying to figure out what to pack. It is so funny. <laughs> They're always trying to figure out what to, what are you going to pack? I don't know. What are you going to pack? Or it's, what are you going to wear? No, what are you going to wear, Crystal? And, um, <laughs> the dogs, Kyle's like, the dogs don't like when I pack suitcases, they get nervous. All dogs do. Dogs are so like at, at certain times they are so dumb, but then at certain times they are so smart. It's like, they know suitcase means you go. And it is so, I mean, it's like heartbreaking. Cause you're like, somebody cares about me. Somebody doesn't want me to go. It's, it's my dog. And that's why they're laying directly into my suitcase. Um, so, uh, Crystal's like, it, you know, what's going to be like down in Del Mar? And Kyle says, it's going to be cold. It's winter. And Kyle lets us know this is the first girl's trip that her sister, Kathy, is organizing. This is this is like a landmark. This is like the, the first Thanksgiving with the Pilgrims. This is like historical stuff. Because remember, earlier in the season, Kathy had never been on a girl's trip when they went to Lake Tahoe. And for Kathy, you know, in the same season— to throw her own girl's trip? That's what we call growth, people. That's when Kathy is pushing herself past her boundaries. And I just, I salute that so, so much. Um, Kyle says, um, and this is the other thing you get always on these FaceTime calls of like, wasn't last night great at Dorit's? Did you like last night at Dorit's? What did you think of the party? It's always the same trope of like, what did you think of the place we were both at? And we recognize on each other's faces how we felt. But now I need to ask you a day later since we have the cameras there. And then Kyle goes, did you notice Erica and Sutton didn't say one word to each other? And then, of course, since the the, the show thinks we're feeble-minded, they do a flashback of of Erica and Sutton not talking to, any, to each other, you know? And uh, Crystal goes, well, everyone noticed them not talking. And I just like that because they re-show Sutton coming in like, hello, everybody, I'll say, I'll say a good evening to you all. And, and Eric had gone, eh, eh. And you could tell she was like pissy. Um, 
So Kyle goes, and now we're all going to Del Mar. It's not going to be so easy to pretend with those two. And Crystal goes, all of us in a hotel? It's going to be intense. And you guys, that is literally the last we hear from Crystal for the entire episode. I mean, she's in the entire episode, but that's pretty much the last thing Crystal says was like, it's going to be very intense. Like, I need to know, did we, did the editor, like, why did we not get Crystal saying anything? And I know she probably said shit, so why did they make the choice of editing her out, especially in the conversation that we see with Garcelle later? Like, why... I don't know. I don't know if the producers thought it made it look more of like a, a gang up against Garcelle, and that's why they left Crystal out of it. But it was very confusing. But uh, Crystal was very underutilized this episode. Um, so when Crystal says it's going to be intense, Kyle goes, ha ha! Uh, that was kind of like my rental laugh. She goes, ha ha! And remember, there, you know, there's that rumor, not their rumor, there is the theory that Kyle is the puppeteer. Kyle is the master manipulator. I don't know about master manipulator, but I do know that Kyle likes mess. And Kyle likes mess, especially when it's not her mess and it's not involving her family. So Kyle's like, yes, give it to mommy. I want to see Delmar blow up with Sutton Erica aggression. Um, so Crystal goes, we're all meeting at your place? And she's like, yeah, we're caravanning. And then Kyle goes, Crystal, Crystal, I've had the phone propped up in this $890 Bottega pink shoe. And the whole time, like, I literally thought it was one of those rich people phone cases. And it just turns out it was like a $900 shoe, which then I was like, I bet Kanye West starts doing that. of like selling shoes as phone holders. Like that would be so like, this is the Yeezy iPhone 15 holder. It's $3,000. Like people would buy that shit. But yeah, so she propped her phone and then Crystal goes, I do that too. And then we all just laughed. Um, so we're going to a new scene now. And once again, if you're in the closed captioning, it goes upbeat music, like ding, da, da, ding, 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 ding. Um, we are at Kathy Hilton's house and, uh, she's like, uh, I, I, we don't know who she's talking to. And she's like, I think I'm going to wear this blouse. That's pretty. Right. Right. With the cream. Right. Uh, and she goes, Oh, why am I always rushing? And we find out like Kathy is talking to her dog, Mota, M-O-T-A, and I love that Kathy's dog is, you know, like Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada, you know, or like, or Tim Gunn, like, make it work, Kathy. It's me, Moda. Make it work. Come on, Kathy. Make it work. You look like pure shit. Come on. I'm going to tell Christian Siriano about you. Um, and Kathy goes, where is my <laughs> where is my phone? Why am I always rushing? And Moda is just laying in one position. This is such an amazing scene, this next one. Kathy is in charge of one of these tropes of the FaceTime call. And Kathy has been in charge of FaceTiming Dorit. And this is one of the weirdest scenes ever because you know, like, Kathy and Dor like Kathy doesn't have any kind of affinity for Dorit. I mean, uh, Kathy, Dorit is like a, you know, neither here nor there person to Kathy. It's just a person of like, oh, you're, I hear you're on the show that I'm on. Oh, Yes, Kathy, I've been in most scenes that you're in. Okay, I thought you looked familiar. Great. Hi, I'm Kathy. Um, so she has to FaceTime Dorit. And Dorit's like, Dorit looks like the old guy from Up in this. Like her hair is pulled back and she has these like big, thick, black rimmed glasses. And um, 
Dariq, Dariq goes, Kathy, are you bringing your fans? Boop, 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 boop. Like she's trying to make a joke about Kathy needing fans everywhere. And Kathy goes, of course. And uh, Kathy goes, hey, hey, I know you're busy, but I wanted to say how beautiful your wedding dress party was last night and those dresses. And Kathy goes, I was a little bit late and I am always, um, I guess the producers want me to say the last to know what's going on, um, you know, and Dorit's goes, with Garcelle? And Kathy's like, I, yeah, I guess, sure. And then Dorit just like, you can just see the fire is lit. I'm like, Boop, 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 boop. Processing, processing. Garcelle is making very bold statements, Kathy. Uh, she is saying to the press that she's an outsider and all of us ladies are coming for her. Boop, 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 boop. If she has a problem with me, Kathy, friends don't do that. She needs to speak open and honest and transparent and upfront. I'm a child of the world, Kathy. Boop, 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 boop. And Kathy, we see she's laying out on the chaise lounge, I believe, in her um, her bathroom and you see all these tchotchkes behind her and Kathy's like completely checked out. Oh, by the way, we also see her huge monogram bag with KH and she's just going through makeup as Dorit speaks and Dorit's like, it makes me question if we're friends. And Kathy's like, I'm sorry, I'm going through, I'm, you know, I'm going through makeup and stuff. And Dorit is just keeps talking and it's an editor troll because they're doing that like passage of time like this lasted 10 hours and you just hear Kathy going like okay yeah yeah and she's just not even paying attention she's just going through of like okay that's a color palette for my cheeks oh yeah okay Dorit yep yeah, mm-hmm and Dorit's like another thing and what I like about PK and I'll tell you I grew up in Italy and finally like there's no like Kathy's not pitching in at all except to be like mm-hmm yep okay um and in a talking head Kathy goes you know, I planned this trip, so if things go south with any of the ladies, I'm going to be... And you guys, she doesn't finish the sentence. Kathy, I've noticed, has this thing where she's like this Jedi Knight. She makes these, like, um, gestures. And in this, she goes... She puts both hands, like she's pressing down on a table. She's like, if things go south, I'm... I'm imagine me pressing down. Ugh. And I'm like, I love it. Like, I'm like, okay, whatever that means, whatever that hand motion means, hell yeah. And Dorit goes, oh no, Kathy goes, uh, I gotta go, Dorit. Um, and you can just tell, you can just tell Kathy doesn't really care for Dorit. And Dorit goes, okay, I'll see you soon. <laughs> it was so good, you guys. It was so good. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you can be that dim-witted and still charming, like, at one point in the episode coming up, she literally calls her help the lady. And you could say that is completely offensive, potentially racist, like all of these things about it, just like kind of gross. But then at the same time, it also feeds into the characterization of Kathy Hilton that we've seen where she doesn't seem like she knows what's going on. She doesn't seem like she knows what day it is. She thought Garcelle was Kyle at the beginning. She's like, Kyle, I thought you were Kyle. Like, I'm telling you, like... Every all signs point to like her not fully knowing her physical space. So I don't know. Like I've seen that kind of uh, discourse of like, well, it's not cute when other people do it, but you think it's cute when Kathy does it. And I don't know what to say. Like maybe that's wrong of me, but 
The only reason I feel comfortable finding it charming at times is because she's pretty um, consistent with it. She's consistent with being kind of doofy. You know what I'm saying? And then we see Paris and Paris is kind of doofy too. And guys, if it's an act, by God, like get, they're the Barrymores then. Like give him an Oscar, give, give him an Emmy. If that's an act, my God, they are so committed. It's like Andy Kaufman. Like they are so in character that I fully believe it. So we're in a new scene and uh, we get old numb nuts skipping up to the door. Irina <laughs> is skipping and then she just opens the door to Kyle's. And that's where I would be. Hey, Lisa, come here. It's me, Kyle. Hey, I I know you've been on this show with me a lot of seasons. I'm going to ask you never to open my fucking door again. It's called knocking, Kathy. We have a door. It's called a knock. It's called a it's called a door knock, Lisa. We have a knocker on the door. Like by the way, and I also wanted to like that's see, and that's why we know Kyle's not a vampire because if those dogs were protecting their master. They would have torn Lisa limb from limb. If Lisa opens up without being let in, those dogs should have just fucking attacked. Like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> you're hurting me. <laughs> Here goes my bony arm. <laughs> my bony brows. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's it. Like, hey, I don't care how what you don't don't walk into my house. No, 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 no. no. And Lisa's going, I got a text. She'll probably go, I got a text from Kyle saying, just to walk in. You don't just walk in, though, still. It's just basic human decency. Come on. Um, but Lisa Rinna screams when she opens the door because, you know, she's like, ah, it opened. And Kyle is like upstairs. He's like, oh, my cold. Uh, oh, no. She goes, Kyle, my whole car is packed full. What do you want, a cookie? What do you? Congratulations, Rinna. You loaded up a Prius. I don't care. And there's like a flashback to 2018 with Harry Hamlin going, Lisa, you packed all of this for one night of camping. Remember when they went camping with Denise? And uh, I guess Lisa packed a lot of shit that time too. And remember, Harry should be able to like pack. Because remember, Harry goes on, this is not a joke. He goes on solo camping trips. Remember when Harry had gotten back from a solo camping trip and Lisa was helping him with his gear? And we found out that Harry likes to go on solo camping trips i hey man i would too i whatever to get away you know what i'm saying to get away like i just thought that was interesting you don't hear a lot of people maybe i don't know i gotta i don't know i gotta think more about it but i just find that interesting so sutton comes to the door and uh uh Rena's like hi and at this point bambi the dog walks up and Rena shakes the dog's hand violently and i was just like oh my god I was just like, we need to call the ASPCA or something. This was like one of those commercials with Sarah McLaughlin of like, for $5 a month, you can protect your dogs from Lisa Rinna. All we need is $5. In the arms of the angel. For just $5 a month, they'll never hear a grown lady scream or cackle again. Please help them, won't you? Um, so Sutton, uh, Rinna goes, I packed for a month. Harry's like, Lisa, I'd prefer if you packed for a month just in case. Uh, and Rena goes, I don't know what kind of activities we're doing. And Sutton goes, I'm not doing activities, I'll say, I'll say. I have a really bad ankle. Um, and then we find out that Sutton has been secretly suffering from foot problems. And she goes, the bottoms of my feet are raw, she tells uh, Rena and Dorit. And she goes, I've got severe bruising, I'll say, I'll say. I'm going to fight to get back. 
my feet because I, I have shoes that I want to get into. And my shoes, they're works of art. You know, and I'm going to struggle, do my best to get back into them, I'll say, I'll say. My Mulano Blahniks. By the way, don't you want that movie of like a grown lady, Sutton Strack, fights the fight to get back into her shoes? This is the Southern Slipper. I'll say, I'll say, jam that shoe on my foot. Jam it, cut my pinky off if need be. Um, Rena goes, uh, or somebody sounds like, where's Garcelle? And Rena goes, Garcelle's coming later because she's doing the real, ha! And then Kathy comes in and we get air kisses. And uh, Kathy goes, where's Kyle? And Kyle is uh, lugging down her luggage. She just seems like a basket case. Everyone is there. By the way, did you guys notice Kyle seemed like she was wearing like the amazing Technicolor dream coat? I don't know if you guys have seen that movie uh, or the musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor dream coat. Kyle was wearing the dream coat. I was like, is there is Kyle about to perform some kind of magic show for kids? What's going on? Erica, we see she pulls up and uh, she's in, you know, I love when Erica is dressed down into her TJ Maxx gear. She's always like, I can't be fucked with. I put on my jammies. I rolled out of bed. I'm putting on some PJs and I got here. She also kind of seems like, and I dare I say, uh, let's say allegedly, that's one of her favorite words, that she smells. She seems like she might not smell good. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not. That's and by the way, uh, smelling bad. We see that that's all the rage. Like that's like Matthew McConaughey, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, uh, who's the guy that does Armchair Expert and his wife? They all like to not shower and stuff. So maybe Erica Jane is fitting in with celebrities. Who knows? But uh, we see Tiago is in the back seat, and it's like she throws. She's like, "Here's a treat. I'm going to talk to the ladies." And Erica strolls in. She's like, "Sorry, I'm late, y'all." I have the dog in the car, so I'm going to go get on the road. And this is actually, Crystal does say something else. She goes, Erica is so brilliant. She gets away from people because she uses the excuse of her dog. And I'm like, Crystal, why are you so far up Erica Jane's ass sometimes? Like, I think there is, and I don't think there's any, like, you know, criminality or anything like that. But I do think, first off, I think you know, Crystal obviously doesn't like Sutton for good reason. And we know Erica doesn't like Sutton. So there's a kinship there. But I also kind of think Crystal likes that Erica is kind of mean, just generally. And I, you know, if you've seen Crystal, Crystal can be kind of um, cold and sarcastic, uh, funny. I think she definitely gets a joke, but she's kind of like, fuck it. This is how I feel. I'm very excited to see a second season or even a third season with Crystal to kind of egg that out of her a little bit more. Could you imagine Crystal in a real fight? Like, I think she would kill it. I think we're going to see that eventually. It just won't be this season. And Kyle's like, don't let my dogs out. And Kathy's like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. I am missing my purse. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, cut to Erica, just throwing Kathy Hilton's purse in the car and leaving. <laughs> I always like to think of Erica Jane just ransacking places now when no one's looking. <laughs> uh, where's my ring? Erica's like, get out of here. I'm going to a pawn shop. Um, Kathy's like, it's the purse that says KH on it. It has my phone in it. We need it. And then, of course, they do a shot of the the uh, purse laying back at home. And Kathy's just a mess. And Kyle in a talking head says, you know, my mom, 
babied my sister a lot. She babied Kathy. And my mom passed on those duties to Rick, and then Rick babied Kathy, and she is just used to people taking care of her, which that's another thing. Like, I'm not romanticizing Kathy, but at the same time, you can't tell me that that's not a fascinating character trait because it makes sense. Seeing how she acts makes perfect sense when you hear, well, my my mom babied her completely and then passed her off to a guy who babied her as well. So everything Kathy has learned to do, it's like, the rich person MacGyver. Like she'll like hook up eight fans instead of just getting a good AC system. She'll drink a Red Bull and potato chips accidentally at three in the morning. Like there's a nuttiness there that she does just seem to kind of like, it's like arrested development. It's like uh, the movie big with Tom Hanks. Like I wouldn't be surprised if she's a seven year old in Kathy Hilton's body, you know? And Kyle goes, she's, a lot of work. And I do wonder if Kyle is a little bit more stressed out this season because Kyle does have to hold her sister's hand a little bit. We see it in a lot of scenes. I think it's great. And Kyle goes, this is not going to going to be relaxing for me. Uh, Kyle's gates are open and there's a pile up. Everybody is driving separately. And uh, I think when I first watched it, I was like, why that? Why nobody wants to share cars anymore? Like what is, are we not worried about the environment? And it turns out we found out from production that uh, they did that because of COVID. They all had to drive separately, which, okay, it makes sense. But it is funny watching all the cars piled up trying to get out of Kyle's gate. And I guess Dorit's trying to get in at the same pot time. There's like a whole pile up. Um, and Kyle is just panicking because they're trying to find uh, this purse. And Kathy's, Kyle's like, where is the purse? And Kyle, Kathy's like, ah, you know, call my house, Kyle, and ask ask for the lady. And Kyle's like, the lady, the lady who works at my house. <laughs> so Kyle's like, could I speak to the lady, please? And then the producers troll because the, you know, the lady actually does answer and they just write in quotes, the lady. And Kyle's like, I need someone to drive her phone to sunset and the 405. And by the way, this is another movie I want to see, but I want a documentary of just this moment of like, you know, uh, October 22nd, a adventure took place. We had to get Kathy Hilton's phone to her because for the 405 and sunset, that is like, that's like a major, it's a major road. And I just like the fact that they're all rushing, like people just to get Kathy Hilton's purse and phone. And it's like just this interesting pass off. Um, also, I thought it was funny when they're driving separately. Cause I was like, when I initially thought they really just, I didn't know it was for COVID. I was like, wow, they're at the point of the season where they genuinely cannot be in cars with each other. They really dislike each other so much that they're like, nope, I'm going to take my own. I'm going to take my own car. Um, so they pull up to the Sunset in 405 and the lady's trying to put the purse in Kyle's car. And Kyle's like, not my car. And Kathy's like, I need it over here, lady. I need it. I need it. And they keep going back and forth. And Kathy's like, thank you so much. And then the lady goes, you're welcome. And then we drive to the hotel. Um, Erica is the first one to get there and she, uh, pulls, uh, her beast Tiago into the hotel, this beautiful hotel, beautiful, but also, and Garcelle says this later, creepy as hell, folks. It's foggy out. It's creepy. It looks dead. It really genuinely looks like the shining. Uh, it looks like the hotel Jack Nicholson stayed in the overlook where you're just like, Oh, are we hold here for the, the winter? Like this is just, it looks barely staffed. It, I mean, it genuinely looked like nobody was there. And Erica goes, this is great. 
And the the gentleman at the front desk goes, welcome to the Fairmount Del Mar. Who's our furry friend? And then Tiago just bites the shit out of him. Um, and Erica in a talking head goes, no one in this group can understand what I'm going through. I wake up. It's like a baseball bat to the head. This shit is emotional. The truth is, I don't want to sit at home. Getting out will be easier. Maybe a little bit of what I'm going through, it'll ease it up a little bit. Mike, check, one, two, one, two. Erica, what am I going through? I'm at the Del Mar with Tiago. I'm gonna <laughs> take a... <laughs> I got Mikey Minden on the ones and the twos. He's getting up full rate to do my makeup and my talking hands. I'm complaining about... Money, yet I have a full glam team with me. I pay for separate rooms and for Tiago. You don't know, but I am a hoe. I'm dating another rich guy in Vegas. He's older than Tom. How you like them apples? It's not great, folks. <laughs> sometimes I feel like the power of rap is in me, and then sometimes I know I know it's not. Um. So she's all on the Erica sadness kick of like, these ladies don't know emotional truth of it. Hit them in the bat with a fucking bat. And the gentleman keeps talking. He's like, our pools, our hot tubs, we have pickleball courts. And he's like, does our furry friend Tiago want a tennis ball? And she's like, that's very nice. Uh, We also see at this point Sutton (laughs) wandering down a hall in a mask. Which is just like, I mean, that, <laughs> that not that one of the signs of the apocalypse? You will see Sutton Shrek wandering down the hall in a mask, limping. And Sutton goes, my foot, it's getting worse and worse as the hours go by. My ankle, I'll say, I'll say it looks like an elephant foot. <laughs> and I just kept picturing Sutton Shrek in a Pixar movie called Elephant. And she's like, Fenty, my, my name's Fenty the Elephant. I've got a big old foot, I'll say, I'll say. Uh, Rinna is in a lobby, and we know that because she's like, yes, I would love if you had a bellman bring up my bags. Do you know Harry Hamlin? Do you know Mr. Hamlin? <laughs> and then Kathy pulls up in the car, and Kathy tells the bellman, she goes, I'm exhausted. I'm not even used to driving, period. <laughs> Remember when she drove to Palm Springs earlier and she got lost? And I was like, imagine in Palm Springs, you're just minding your business driving. And then you see Kathy with like three fans you know, plugged into a, And she's like in a forerunner. She's like, oh, do, do, do. Am I going the right way? I'm so lost. Um, God love her. God, God love her. Um. Their accommodations for Kathy and Kyle, it looks like the lobby. Like, he's like, this is one of two presidential suites. And it looks like the lobby. I was like, are they in the lobby? And it was their room. And Kyle and Kathy are splitting the suite. And Kathy keeps going, how nice. How nice. And Kyle goes, I always love to stay with Kathy because you always get the best suites, the best rooms at the best hotels. And remember, Hilton, Rick Hilton. I mean, House of Hilton, baby. Kathy has stayed in probably the best hotels that anybody has ever stayed in. So for Kathy to be like, how nice, that means it's fucking nice, man. You put some respect on that hotel. I would love it. Like, wouldn't you love a show on, and don't steal this from me, like Bravo should do a show where they put Kathy in like Motel 6s or like Days In or something. It like, 
Uh, what time's the continental breakfast? Like, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> Kyle's at a hostel. Kathy's at a hostel. This is a, I'm at a hostel in New Amsterdam. Um, I would love to see that. So, um, Kathy, uh, is looking for her closet. She's like, there's not a closet in here. We're uh, basically guys, we're just having fun. We're having a whole boatload of fun in the hotel room. Everybody loves it. Everybody's having a good time. Guys, these are the ads I was speaking about, and we have two ads, two companies that have been... If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Been with me before, and this first one, they are this is the second time they've been with us, and I love this product and I love this company. It's Osea. So it is so difficult, you guys, to find clean skincare products that are good for your skin and the planet, but also give you the results you want. So luckily, Osea has been making products that do just that for over 25 years. And when it comes to clean beauty, Osea is the pioneer. They have award-winning cleansers, serums, and face moisturizers. Now, I'm going to mansplain to all of you ladies what all of these products are. No, it's so funny. I told you about these guys, this company a couple weeks ago when they first uh, were on and they actually did an onboarding call with me where they went through and explained all of the products and sent me the products. And then I talked to my female friends, uh, my friend Megan, my friend um, Rebecca, and you know, my friend Rebecca actually already uses these products, but I realize how important as it is to actually have a skincare regime. And I know you ladies already have yours, but I think that this actually might be a product that you might want to add to it. So Osea is actually known for creating amazing body products as well, like their famous Undaria Algae Body Oil. So the Undaria Algae Body Oil is amazing. Uh, I use it myself now, and it leaves my skin feeling clean and rich not sticky or oily, and especially you guys, after I've been sick, this is a product that has actually made me feel better because I felt so gross, like a slug on a rug, and it was horrible. So I know what you're thinking. Body oil? If you've been using body lotion for years, you might be a little wary of body oils. But let me tell you, I'm a convert. 
It soaks in easily and it has this really kind of amazing citrus smell. And uh, I actually, I can even smell this because remember I had COVID over the holidays and it took a majority of my smell away. I can actually smell this and I can't tell you how soft and smooth my skin feels after I put it on. In fact, if you see me in public, say, Ryan, can I feel your skin? And I will let you feel the smoothness, the silkiness of my skin. So Osea's products are clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, climate-neutral, created with sustainability sourced seaweed, and made in California. And also, there is a motorcycle that's driving right outside my house. But also, listen to that. Clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate-neutral, created with sustainability sourced seaweed, and made in good old California. Those are so many important things right there. Vegan and cruelty-free is huge. Climate neutral, I mean, that's what we've got to be doing in the future. And this is a company that supports all of this. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. So experience your new favorite clean skincare line with a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code SOGOOD. Finally, a company has not used so bad, they've used so good as our promo code. That's S-O-G-O-O-D at O-S-E-A Malibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. You are going to want it all. Go to O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com and use code so good. Hell yeah, you guys. And also, this podcast is a uh, sponsored by, um, proudly sponsored by Better. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad for help. Uh, is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Um, goals are so important. And this is something that you can actually talk about your therapist with. Um, it's important to actually have somebody that you can actually speak out loud your experience of life, of what you're trying to accomplish, of what you're trying to get through, of what is holding you back. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. And let me be clear, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. So there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients 
worldwide. In fact, I get so many people now that like will DM me or email and they're listening like, like Belgium, Italy. And I'm just like, whoa, but also you could actually use this service there. You can log into your account anytime and you can send a message to your therapist. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And financial aid is available. Those are two huge things. We should not have to ever be priced out of getting help. And BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for so bad it's good listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's betterhelp.com forward slash S-O-B-A-D. You guys, that is the commercials for the week. Let us get back to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. Um, so uh, Kathy and Kyle, they're in their room and uh, we go to commercial. We come back and Kyle goes, I love when a hotel has a fireplace. And she lets uh, Kathy know, she's like, Sutton had to go to the emergency room. Her ankle is black and blue. And we have a flashback to Sutton showing Kyle over FaceTime. Uh, once again, the glory, the magic, the miracle of FaceTime. She's like, uh, my doctor's sending me to an ER. The x-rays, I'll say, I'll say, it really is black and blue. And 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 Kyle goes, it really is black and blue, Kathy. Um, Kyle in a talking head goes, I think it's good. That Sutton is go. I think it's good that Sutton's going to the hospital because that'll give Erica and Sutton more space uh, for them to cool off. And then she goes, and for us. <laughs> um, so Dorit and Erica Jane come into Kathy and Kyle's room. Um, Erica Jane is wearing this ridiculous orange. Like she looks like she's trying to be like the brat or like, it's just like, she looked like Missy Elliott. It looked like a orange garbage bat. I don't know. But also it was like the obvious joke of like, are you trolling us? Like, is this like a prison jumpsuit? Like I, it, it just felt so on the nose and also just so big. Like it just, it was just, I was just like, what, what are we, what are we, what, what is, what is fashion? Right. <laughs> Who's to say who, who even knows? Um, so Dorit's like, hello, I am here, Dorit with Erica Jane. And Dorit sees the room and she goes, I expected nothing less, Miss Hilton, nothing less. And Kathy's like, I don't give a fuck what you expect, Dorit. Um, Kathy goes, we're going down to the beach for a pop-up picnic. Um, and Kathy goes in a talk ahead, I'm newer to girls trips, but I am not new to planning fun things to do. And then we get a flashback of her telling the manager, I would like to do a pop-up picnic. <laughs> and Kathy goes, this will be great. We'll see a few seals on the beach. It'll be nice. Um, Kathy keeps, Kathy keeps saying pop-up picnic 
a papa picnic. Who's ready for a papa picnic? And she goes, I'd like for the ladies to enjoy themselves. And Kathy goes, come on, ladies, we're running late. How are you running late? Like, how are we running late for it? I mean, it's not like everybody's like, families are like, damn it, that's our papa picnic area. You only had 30 minutes in the papa picnic. You're the only ones that look like you're in this hotel room. So scary. Uh, Kathy leads the girls down these stairs and she, I shit you not, you guys, she is in one of the biggest straw hats I've ever seen. She's masked up. She has glasses. She looks like she's in Mad Max. Like she looks like she would survive in the apocalypse. Like I was like, is that, is that Kathy or someone like a desert storm soldier? Like it, it was, I was like, what? And she's just leading the way and she's like, let's do this. And then Kathy starts chasing birds. That's what I'm telling you, folks. She's like a seven-year-old girl. I'm telling you. That's why, by the way, damn it. That's why her and Michael Jackson got along. Miss Kathy, he, I like to chase birds on the beach too. Thank you, Michael. Would you like to chase this geese with me? Miss Kathy, <laughs> Miss Kathy, the geese are so fast. I can't catch them with my little legs. Michael, don't worry. Do you want to do a pop-up picnic? with Kathy? Oh, Miss Kathy, I want to do a pop-up picnic with you every day. Hee <laughs> Oh, look at those seals. They're, they're dry humping each other. Hee <laughs> Oh, Michael, don't say that. I'm so naughty, Miss Kathy. I'm so naughty. <laughs> oh, this is going to be used against me one day. I just know it. Um, Erica comes down and she's in her yard. She goes, Hi, birds. Get the fuck out of my way. These birds don't understand what I'm going through right now. Ugh. And, like, she scares a bird, you can tell. And uh, everybody's like, who are we missing? Sutton and Garcelle? And somebody asks, where's Garcelle? And Erica goes, working, honey. Like, what are you, what are you? Like, man, working, honey. Why don't you say she's at work? Working, honey. Okay, Erica. Um... And Kyle goes, look at all these fat seals. It, they remind me of uh, Dorit when she's posing for Instagram. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you, man. Kyle will cut you. Kyle will cut you and act like she didn't. Like, Kyle will be like, what did I say? Oh, my God. Did I say something super specific and mean? I didn't mean it. It must have been by an accident. Like, she's one of those people of like, I had no idea that I was saying something so specific and mean that would really hurt your feelings. That I know that I know is very specific to you and you alone. Um, by the way, yeah. So Kyle's like the, and Kathy's like, I'd like to see these seals fuck. I'll say it. Yeah, I'd like to see them have sex. <laughs> no, you guys, she didn't. This is a family show, also. How dare you guys? Um, and Kathy goes, but Kathy does goes. My dogs do these all the time because the seals are humping. Which, by the way, did you guys see that uh, TMZ article today? where it was two, was it two orangutans? This story is very close to my heart. Um, two, oh yeah, at the Bronx Zoo, uh, two gorillas, they went downtown on each other. The Two gorillas performed oral sex at the Bronx Zoo. And it's like, yeah, man, get yours. Like, good for you guys. And I just, I love that, like some kids for, you know, but that's also like teacher kids are, you know, to reciprocate and all that. That's a good learning lesson for, I just thought that was great. If anybody goes to the Bronx Zoo, please tell them Ryan says hi. Um, Erica goes, are we witnessing some kind of intimacy with these seals? And uh, I was like, she was like, this is like Tom and all those bitches he cheated on me with. Kathleen at Talking Head goes, these sea lions need to get a room. It's ridiculous. 
I just kept picturing Kathy going, Hi, Sea Lions. My name's Kathy Hilton. Hi. Do you know my daughter, Paris? <laughs> I'd like for you to come live with me now in Los Angeles. Um, Rena FaceTimes Sutton and goes, How's your ankle? <laughs> and Sutton's like, I'm going to be on crutches for a while, Lisa. And Lisa goes, No, crutches? What, did, what do you fucking think she said, Lisa? Yes, crutches. And Rena goes, Rest your ankle. And we'll see you back at the hotel. Talk to you later. Ha! And Dorit, um, they're all sitting at this, you know, pop-up picnic. And Dorit goes, Erica, beep-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop, how do you feel about this? You know, about Sutton. And she goes, being called a liar is not okay with me. She actually does go up on the AR of liar. She goes, being called a liar is not okay with me. Being called a liar is major for me. And uh, Erica is kind of like very forceful with Dorit. And uh, um, we get a flashback of remember when Erica snapped at Dorit many seasons ago? And she's like, don't say I'm pretending. I'm not pretending. Don't ever, ever do that to me. Don't ever, ever do that to me. And Dorit's like, I'm blowing circuits. I'm uh, abort, abort. And it's like, Erica, when she gets mad, she really is. I've said this many times. It's like, it's like, it's a little bit like Teresa Giudici when you know the synapses, like the brain things aren't connecting with the proper synapses. So like normal functioning or th- rational thought is not there. So she'd be like, don't say I'm pretending. I'm not pretending. Don't ever say that to me. I'm going to go so fast. I'm going to scan the fuck out of you. Or when she, uh, with Eileen, when China, when she was like, you don't know what I go through in that. You don't know what I go through. And everybody was like, what? 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 Hey. And then everybody was like, that's jet lag. That is jet lag. I've seen it many times. They act like a complete psychopath. And Dorit at the pop-up picnic goes, did Sutton call you a liar? I don't know if she called you a liar. And Kyle goes, yeah, she did. Kyle is always fucking ready to throw somebody under the bus. And Kyle goes, yeah, she she's the one that gave an example, remember? And Erica goes, one example. And Kyle goes, the car accident. And it's like, it was literally like, this is like, this is the pot. And then this is Kyle. St- I'm making a big stew of bullshit. <laughs> and we get a flashback of that night at Kathy's where Sutton's like, you know, where Kyle's like, come on, Sutton, be honest. That's what we what we want you to be on. You're not being honest. Please tell Erica she's a liar to her face. And Dorit says, Erica, what head injury? I know he was in a bad car accident, a very bad one, and he passed out for 12 hours. And you guys, I shit you not, Erica goes, allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, you're the one that told these ladies this story originally. You didn't use the word allegedly. All of a sudden, are you allowed to lose allegedly on stories that you actually brought to these people many episodes ago, and now it's allegedly? Like, that's what I'm saying. Get your story straight. Is it allegedly now? You told all of us. um, I'm including myself now. You told me 12 hours, Erica, which we all said at the time. How do you fucking know 12 hours to begin with? Remember, he's like... 
I thought he was with one of his bitches, but it turns out he was passed out in the backyard. Uh, you know, he crashed, he got out of the car, and then he rolled down a hill, he broke his ankle, his clavicle, had a traumatic brain injury. And all the ladies literally stare when she goes, allegedly, yeah. And everybody's like, what? Zoiks? And Kyle, in a talking head, goes, "What? like, what does that mean? Why do you say now, allegedly? Uh, and Kyle goes, I guess this is what happens when you're married to a lawyer for a long time. But I do notice even uh, married to a lawyer even have a podcast. Like the further I I do now just say allegedly all the like I sometimes will wake up in the middle of the night just in a cold sweat going allegedly, allegedly I said allegedly you can't like like allegedly some kind of magic word. In fact, do that this weekend if you guys are in a if you guys are like calling out anybody, any of your friends or your loved ones or even your kids. Go I allegedly heard you took a poopy in your diaper allegedly and just see what they say. I feel like they, everybody thinks it's like this magic umbrella that will protect all of us from the, you know, allegedly fairies or whatever they are. And Erica goes, he wasn't going to have surgery on his ankle because they wanted to put him under anesthesia. And she's really over enunciating. She goes, anesthesia. And she goes, yeah, when you have a TBI and they're like TBI. And she's like traumatic brain injury. You can't be knocked out at that age. Which is true. I have a little dog and we can't put her under anesthesia ever because she's a tiny little baby dog. Uh, she's not a baby. She's an old dog, but she's tiny. And you're not supposed to, you know, it's like there's a lot of complications. But I didn't know that. I didn't know you weren't for people in their 80s. I didn't know. And I'm like, is that really a thing? You can't. I mean, I know when I mean, even Kanye West's mom, Donda, she got remember when she was getting plastic. That's how she died. I think she was getting some form of plastic surgery and they put her under and she passed out. Uh, she died from anesthesia, I believe. And in fact, that's what Tiffany Moon does from Real Housewives of Dallas. She um, she's an anesthesiologist, I believe. Um, but I just didn't know that, that she was like, I wouldn't give him approval to knock him out. And Dorit on the talking head goes, it's not all the information ever with Erica, which is why it's debatable. And Erica says, everyone can fuck off. I know the truth. I don't care what anyone else says. I was there. This is happening in real time. There's a competency hearing happening today, and I'm not a part of it. And Kyle says, when I met Tom, he was so charming. And we get that flashback that we always see of, you know, Tom going, ha, <laughs> and then John Wayne came into the kitchen and was like, what are you kids doing? <laughs> and he's very bubbly and bright and all that stuff. And Kyle goes, now we're finding out he's not really competent? I'm confused, Kyle says. And Dorit goes, boop, 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 boop. Is it hard for you, Erica, to hear he's incompetent? And she goes, you have to remember, I was the first person to say, hey, we got a problem here to the doctors and the lawyers, and they blew me off. There's a lot of shit being said, and I'm not being apologetic to Sutton or anyone. I don't care if she feels threatened. She should feel threatened. That's it. I'm going to fucking cut Sutton's strike. I've got... And then she raises, she raises her arm. She's like, who wants two tickets to the gun show? I've got lefty and I got righty, and they're both aiming at something. <laughs> I love she's like, I'm gonna fucking threaten I'm I'm definitely gonna threaten Sutton. And by the way, like we're all complaining about like 
do these stories add up? I don't think they do, but we should really be like kind of worried of like, hey guys, um, she's flat out threatened Sutton at this point. Like she feels, she feels threatened. She should feel threatened. This is me, Erica Jane, threatening Sutton's track. Like we've got this recorded, and I'm like, okay, well, even if the stories don't add, we we now have physical violence being threatened, and you know what I'm saying? Like, isn't that good for anything? <laughs> like. Uh, I'm going to fucking kill Sutton Strack. How about that? Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to chop Sutton Strack's head off. I'm going to take that elephant foot. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to shove it right up her ass. She should be scared. And it's just, it's wild. And I think, oh, my dog, my dog, you just sneezed. Um, sorry. Were you dreaming? Um, this is the podcast that'll leave that in. Yeah, I'm going to leave that in. Little doggy sneeze. Um, uh-oh. You're all right. Aw. She has a little bit of a hard time breathing sometimes as she gets older. Um, but I do love that Erica Jane is... Like, these ladies are scared of her. They genuinely are scared of her. And I think that is very interesting. Um to take into account because everybody makes that point of like, if she was on Potomac, Atlanta, uh, New York, even she wouldn't be getting away with this shit. Like imagine like Ramona's dumbass going like, I don't care. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I don't want to do it. Like they would not be entertaining it the way. And I genuinely feel Erica, not bully, but there is this fear of like, you know, what if Erica Jane blows? Like, they're not used to... Like, Erica seems like she plays by backyard rules sometimes, you know? Like, she plays prison prison yard kind of thing. Or at least that's how she wants to come off. You know, the small town stuff we keep talking with Sutton. And I think she leans into that a little bit, a lot. It's like her playing dumb and smart. You can't do both at the same time. So Erica likes to also play really classy and really all about the wealth and all that stuff. But at the same time, she'll fucking shank you. Like, you know, she will. She'll make uh, a shank out of a toothbrush and just cut you. She's like, I got you, son. I crafted this shank out of Kathy Hilton's toothbrush. Um, so that all happens. We go to a new scene. Garcelle pulls in. She's all in white, very beautiful. And the gentleman's like, we have the palazzo for you, Miss Garcelle. It's one of our best suites, uh, Miss Bouvet. And... Garcelle's like, is there a lot of people staying here? And he's like, it's pretty quiet now. And and once again, this and this this is why I had said The Shining earlier, and she said, isn't this how most horror films starts? Uh, in a talking head, Garcelle says, and she goes, if I see little two little twins, I'm out of here. And I was like, yes, the two little twin girls from The Shining, which by the way reminded me of like I made a meme of Erica Jane and Rena as those two girls from The Shining of like <laughs> red rum. <laughs> I'm going to get you. I'm going to get everybody. I'm going to haunt this hotel forever. I'm Erica Gerardi Jane. Um, and then Garcelle says, well, black people are always the first to be killed in horror films. So I'm out of here if I see two twins. 
Garcelle gets to her room. She pops the champagne. She goes, party of one. And Sutton knocks on the door, and we see Sutton is wheeled in a wheelchair. And Garcelle goes, Miss Sutton Strike, stop it. She has to be wheeled in, and she goes, oh, I say, I say, it's okay, it's hurting, but when I... When I take the Motrin, I'm not in pain, I'll say, I'll say, I just can't, I can't put weight on my foot. You know, they did a great job in the ER. You know, they told me, you don't have a break, Miss Sutton Strack. You just have a terrible sprain, I'll say, I'll say. You have to stay off it for one week. And Garcelle goes, do you want champagne? And, and Garcelle goes, how about a little vodka, I'll say, I'll say. And, um, uh... She's, uh, Sutton goes, I'm worried about saying off my, my foot. And Garcelle goes, how about you and Erica? And Sutton goes, Crystal, I'll say, I'll say, says Erica told her that it's closed door with me, a closed door for our relationship. And, uh, Sutton goes, do I respect that? Or do I knock on that door? I say, I say. And Sutton goes, girl, I don't know if you want to knock on that door. And Sutton goes, I don't really want to knock on that door either. I say, I say. And in a talking head, she goes, for the love of God, why am I trying so hard? I know, I know with everything I have in Sutton Strack, I'm a really good person. I say, I say, why am I the one trying so hard when I know I'm a really good friend? And then we have a flashback where we finally, this was in a cutscene, but we finally get it in the course of the show where, you know, she lets the other ladies know that she had offered Erica money as a cushion, you know, to, to get, you know, this divorce. Like, you know, my attorney says you have to have some money ready. So she had offered it to Erica. So we finally get that scene where she tells the other ladies that and Sutton goes, she threatened me. I say, I say, uh, but now I've got a sprained ankle. I've got my own situation to worry about. Someone else can play detective because old Sutton Strack, she is out. And, uh, and she's like, that is going to be my route I'm taking, I say, I say. And Garcelle goes, yeah, just lay low. Just, just lay low. And we see uh, Garcelle take a sip of her champagne and Sutton take a huge gulp of what I'm assuming is her cranberry vodka. Uh, we're in a new scene now. And this is hysterical, you guys. Erica, guess what? She's getting glammed. She brought a glam. She brought a glamour. Somebody's doing her makeup and hair. So we know Tiago's with her. We know that. So she, you know, there's debates like, do they get the hotel rooms for free? But they don't get the glam for free. So Erica, and by the way, the preview for next week, she goes, I'm broke. I got no money. If you got no money, girl, maybe don't bring glam. Like, I mean, I, this is another place where, like, I, guys, I know I'm not the smartest person. You know I'm not the smart. We all know I'm not the smartest person. But I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, if you don't have money, why would you then hire glam with money you don't have? Or do you have money squirreled away so somewhere and this is fine, you know? It just doesn't make sense to me. Also, Kathy and Kyle don't have glam with them. Dorit has glam, of course, but that's Dorit. Crystal doesn't have glam with her. Garcelle doesn't have glam with her. Sutton doesn't have glam with her. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, so we see Erica getting glam, Dorit getting glam. Uh, we see Kyle go into Kathy. Kathy's passed out, and Kathy goes, What's happening? What? Uh, what's happening? And she's like, I'm just taking a nap. And we go back to Erica, and she goes, Thank you for my 60s-inspired moment. I'm glad you're having fun with your 60s-inspired moment, Erica Jane. 
hip. All right, groovy. We cut back to Kathy and Kyle in their room, and Kathy goes, Kyle, Kyle, do you know how to open wine? <laughs> I'm telling you, she does not know what she, she's a little girl trapped in a grown woman's body with plastic surgery. Um, and that's when I noticed, I was like, Kyle and Kathy don't even have glam? That's wild. And Kyle goes, ah, oh, Kathy, my whole life with you. They have 8 p.m. dinner, and Kathy goes, don't worry, I've already made the place cards for tonight. They're done. And it's like, okay, great. Uh, Crystal uh, goes down to dinner. She's the first one. We see Garcelle pushing uh, Sutton in the wheelchair, and she goes, wide load. And she goes, not you, Sutton, just the chair. Um, we, uh, We see Sutton in her mask and crutches and wheelchair. It's a whole setup. And Rinna is like the second one there. And she screams, hello, <laughs> welcome, Garcielle. <laughs> Why is Rinna always like the first or the second? I'm telling you, Rinna doesn't have friends. She doesn't have things to do. She is, ah, I'm razzle dazzle for the camera. <laughs> camera ready all the time. <laughs> um, so, uh. Rena, how was work today? And Garcelle's like, good. And Rena goes, good, good. She's always that improviser that, you know, the first rule of improv is yes and. And so Rena's always looking to be in a scene. She's always like, yeah, give me the ball. Give me the ball. I'm ready to go. If you tell me good, I'll say good, good. <laughs> She's always like in your face. I'm actively listening to you. Yeah, Oh, I feel, oh, I feel so bad. Like you, she's always just showing you how she feels, you know? Um, Erica, uh, says, uh, something's in a wheelchair. And Erica, we see is dressed like a, an ice skater. She's like a dressed like Nancy Kerrigan or something. And Dorit goes, uh, are you okay, Sutton? I see you in a wheelchair. And Sutton's like, I got a bilateral sprain, they say. And Erica goes, where's Kathy? She says it weird, too. She's like, where's Kathy? I think she might be allegedly, you know, you know, on some muscle relaxants or something. Uh, we see, we cut up to the room. Kathy is drinking wine. And Kyle's running around stressed out. We find it's 8.53 p.m. The dinner was starting at 8. And Kyle goes, Kathy, you still have two rollers in your hair. And we go back downstairs. And and Garcelle's like, did anybody check in on Kyle and Kathy? And Rena goes, I see my phone there, so I will. Thank you for narrating what you're about to do to us. Um, We go back upstairs. Kathy goes, do you have hair? Do you have hair polish, Kyle? And... Kyle goes, polish, spray. Um, they don't answer Rinna's call. And Kyle says, I'm declining the call. We're late. Rinna texts, like she's one of those people that while she texts, she speaks what she's texting. Where are you? And we see Kyle going, damn it, I forgot a mask. And Rinna goes, no one's answering me. That's all I could do. I'm walking away. I tried. I tried to read Kyle and Kathy. I tried. Rinna tried. I always try. God, the old college try. And Garcelle says, well, let's all sit down. And uh, Kyle's upstairs going, oh, my God, they just called Rinna called. Uh, Rinna called. And Kathy goes, is she your boss? <laughs> I love Kathy. Kathy's like, who is Rinna in this world? Um, we don't need to be anywhere for Rinna at all. Um, 
And Kathy goes, they have drinks. They're fine. And Garcelle uh, sits down. She sits Sutton down. And Sutton goes, Garcelle, I'm impressed, I say, I say, with your mothering skills. Kyle and Kathy finally come down. And Kathy goes, ooh, how pretty the table. Kyle goes, I'm so, so sorry, you guys. And Dorit goes, were you in glam? Because remember, that's the big thing that Kyle used to give Dorit shit for being in glam and then taking like big pictures all these pictures and stuff and kyle goes no i was not my dear i was not they all sit down they start ordering food and we get the typical rich person orders the truffle risotto uh we have a chilean sea bass which by the way how many times i feel like i've heard i feel like chilean sea bass i've only heard on real housewives shows i don't think chilean sea bass like i i is Chilean like but I've heard Chilean sea bass Chilean sea bass I've heard about so much but I don't think I've ever seen and and at this point I don't think I would ever order Chilean sea bass it would bring back bad memories of these episodes uh Erica goes I'll take the sea bass with a side of risotto and uh, I'm like yeah another sea bass and Rena goes I'll have a teeny piece of bread and Kyle goes, why don't you have a piece of bread and maybe you can calm down, which is a throwback to the hysterical scene where Kim Richards, the legend, told uh, Lisa Rinna, why don't you have a piece of bread and calm down, uh, kind of making fun of uh, how Lisa potentially has an eating disorder, and which is an amazing scene. Remember that? Such a great scene. Kim really got Lisa. And uh, Dorit says, it's very cold tonight. It's very nice. And Kathy goes, how is everyone tonight? And Dorit goes, relaxed. And then um, Kyle goes, happy. And Erica goes, I'm fearful. <laughs> Everybody's like, relax, cool. I'm scared shitless. <laughs> Erica goes, I'm fearful. And she goes, yeah, I've got a lot going on. A lot is happening, even today. So, yeah. Erica, toots. Nobody needs you here. I mean, if you got a lot going on, man, we don't, hey, we love you. You're really doing some great TV, but you know, if you're going to say I got a lot going on and I'm like, you know, what, what, like, oh, I'm, uh-oh, hey, one less sea bass, you guys. We bought too many sea basses. We're going to keep, Erica's not coming tonight, so we're going to, uh, we've got an extra sea bass on our hands. But, uh, you know, if you got a lot of real shit going on, you know what I'm saying? Like this maybe necessarily isn't your priority and you're like, well, she's got a job to do kind of, but like, we're talking real shit. If this shit is really going on and that's what I'm saying, I think there's this fine line of Erica using the situation, even though she doesn't want pity to kind of use it at certain places. But when it really comes down to it, if she was really part of this, she would be by that old man's side. She would be by that old man's side. And we even get a scene, the last scene of this whole episode, which really delves into that. So if you got a lot going on, maybe now's the time to actually start paying back for those 22 years that you were well taken care of. That might be an unpopular opinion, but I'm sorry. It it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I don't think Tom stole the money because Erica told him to, but I do think Erica was a piece of why he wanted that much money. Uh, I mean, the lifestyle that they were caught up in. I mean, I think that all is kind of one thing. Uh, Kathy goes, I'm anxious. <laughs> Ryan's like, I'm gassy. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm gassy. And Kathy goes, I'm anxious. And Rinna does the first of two holding her hearts where she goes, oh, anxious. Okay. Rinna goes, okay. All right. And she goes, why? 
Why, Kathy? Why are you anxious? And Kathy goes, well, I can still feel there is lingering issues going on between the ladies. Uh, we cut to commercial. We come back. Uh, we see the uh, Chiron says San Diego, California. And Kathy goes, uh, do you think I'm rude to say that? And Rena goes, no, 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 not at all, not at all. And Sutton says, I do know this is a thing. Uh, no, no, sorry. Sutton says, I do know this is a thing. The, the, this, these lingering issues that you speak of, Kathy, I did, I'll say, I'll say, call a meeting without Erica because I was, I was in a nervous place. But I'm not going to apologize, I say, I say, for it because I was only asking questions. And you really did hurt my feelings, I say, I say, Erica, and you were scary that night at Kathy's dinner. And Erica goes, don't call me a liar. And this is where I'd like to introduce a new character. It's Robo Erica. Don't call me. Don't call me a liar. You called me a liar. I am not a liar. I am Robo Erica. I am here to protect and serve myself. Um, she goes, don't call me a liar. And Sutton goes, I didn't call you a liar. You called me a liar. I'm not a liar. And... She goes, I didn't say Erica's a liar. And Erica goes, she called me a liar. And she looks to Rena and Kyle and they're like, yeah, yeah, she did. And there's a flashback to Sutton saying, well, you, you know, he li you lied. Erica lied about the broken foot. And this is, you know, Robo Jane. She goes, I don't care that you think I'm scary, Sutton. I do not care. Well, I know that you don't, Robo Jane. I don't. I'm just telling you how I felt, Robo Erica. Right. I don't care. Why are you speaking to me? And the other ladies are just taking it in like a tennis match. And this is the part where I was like, pause, pause, pause. I was like trying to type because it, like, it went so fast. It was like, I don't care that you think I'm scary. Well, I know that you don't. I don't. I'm just telling you how I felt. Right. I don't care. Why are you speaking to me? And uh, she goes, I have nothing to speak to you. Zero. And then Sutton goes, OK, Miss Small Town. And she goes, Miss Small Town, small minded. That's you, honey. And uh, Sutton goes, Girl, you're. And Erica goes, Small minded girl? What girl? What? What? You want to come at me? My name's Robo Erica. I'll fucking crush you with my robotics. And uh, Sutton goes, Okay, call me small minded if you want. And Erica goes, Small minded. <laughs> There also is an element of a 12-year-old in Erica where she's like, nana nana boo boo, stick your face in doo-doo. Or she's one of those people where she'll take your hand and she'll be like, you're hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop it. You're hitting yourself. Like, Erica Jane is not the wit that she thinks she is. Sutton goes, okay, call me small-minded. And Erica goes, small-minded. <laughs> what, a, what a great one. Call me small-minded. Small-minded. And then Sutton goes, if it makes if it makes you feel better. And Erica goes, I'm not putting you down. What are we? I'm not putting you down. What are we even doing here? And Sutton goes, to put me down. I'm not putting you down. You called me a liar. Really? I'll say, I'll say, you just called me small minded. And Rinna, totally quiet. I guess she doesn't see injustice happening here. Rinna does not insert herself. Rinna inserts herself right here with Garcelle in a major way and inserts herself so many places, always to the weaker characters or what is perceived to be the weaker characters. Rinna is completely quiet here. She must be hammered again. She must be looking for fluffy Kathy's dog. 
Rinna's just like, ah, I like my vodka. I'll just be very quiet. I'm just, I'm just thinking about my Elton John fundraiser. She's like, where's my bell? Ring-a-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding. I wish I had my bell. It was funny when I had my bell. And uh, Sutton goes, really? You just called me small-minded. And Erica goes, yes, I did. And Sutton goes, well, that is really insulting. And Kathy, this is where she does one of her Jedi moves. Kathy goes, and she just <laughs> lowers her hands again where it's like total return of the Jedi. She's like, and Erica goes, all right, I'm not giving this any more energy because it is not needed. This is dumb. And Kathy goes, everybody, just one second. Can we, can we get a little forgiving? <laughs> can we get a, I, I like love Kathy of like, uh, this is my new song by Kathy Hilton. Can we get a little forgiving in Delmar with the fat seals? Can we get a little forgiving? Dorit is going to do a big spiel. Can we get a little forgiving? Can Sutton look at Erica Jane and say, Hey, I realize you have no money. But I'd like to fill in the blanks and help you with some divorce money. Can we get a little forgiving? Can Erica Jane say I left an old man when he was potentially going through a certain situation with dementia, but I left him because I blamed it on him cheating on me, even though I knew that for 10 years. And now uh, he supposedly gave me $25 million that people can't find. And now I might have a boyfriend in Vegas. Can we get a little forgiving um but i love that kathy is like come on ladies this is another we don't let's not ruin this dinner and so kathy goes you know can we get a little forgiving and kathy goes because i think sutton chose the wrong word because i don't think she would really ever call someone a liar and erica goes no (laughs) no 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 like there's erica the fucking wit of the 21st century the you know Wow, you know, can we, can we, uh, I don't think Sutton meant it. No, I won't do it. No. And Kyle says, okay, okay, this is supposed to be fixing things and it's not working. And Erica goes, you guys, I've told you guys, it's not going to be fixed. And Sutton shakes her head off, which I love. Like, you know, Sutton a lot of times would get rattled, I've seen in other scenes. And at this point, Sutton's like, oh, give me a fucking break, I'll say, I'll say. Really? Really? I can pay my bills, woman. Huh, give me a break. And Dorit all of a sudden feels the need to chime in, which is just the very, like, there's nothing more Dorit than chiming in when there is literally no need for a chime in. And she goes, Erica was honest today. Boop, 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 boop. You know, and right now for her, the door is closed. <laughs> Dorit, we... We are all sitting at the same table. We 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 heard exactly what Erica Jane says, and because uh, <laughs> um, we the door like and they keep bringing the door uh, is closed. I really now regret Crystal saying the door is closed because we're overusing this. It's like the Chilean sea bass thing. And Dorico's Erica Jane is dealing with a lot. Erica was honest today, and for this. This is for her crossing a line. And Sutton goes, oh, I'll say, I'll say, there's a lot of crossing lines here, if you if you know what I'm saying. 
And Dorit, Dorit goes, I just wanted to finish a thought here. <laughs> I mean, and I learned everybody at the table, everybody at home. I think we're all in agreement of like, Dorit, what? What are you? You wanted to finish a thought. Wait, this, what? And she goes, I'm just trying to finish this thought here. I'm trying to figure out why, uh, you know. And, and Sutton goes, why I'm being made out to be the bad guy here. And Dorit goes, well, you know, if you let me finish this thought, I'm actually trying to help you, Sutton. I'm trying to say something nice. And Garcelle says, well, it sounds like everybody's coming for Sutton. No! I'm a child of the world and no one is coming after Sutton. And everybody at this point is just talking over each other. And Dorico's trying to help me do what? This is not an attack on Sutton, Garcelle. And Garcelle says, well, at Kathy's house, it felt like it was all geared towards Sutton. And we have a flashback of this happening, of Kyle getting in Sutton's face. of like, be honest, Sutton, be honest. And Kyle says, you're putting us in a bad position. And we're back at the table and Dorico's, you have been in this group long enough that you can see this is an attempt to help her, Garcelle. Don't you understand? I know you can pretend that is not the case, but it actually is. And Garcelle says, so by you saying to tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth, is to help Sutton in the long run? And Rico's, yes, yes, yes. And in a talking head, um, Sutton goes, Pushing her is to help her feel exactly better. And there's a flashback to this a scene with Denise where, oh no, yeah. So pushing her is to help her feel better. And she goes, this reminds me exactly of Denise. And there's a flashback of Rena going, Denise, just own it. Just own it. You need to fucking own it. And Denise goes, I'm trying to own it. I don't know what you want me to own. And Sutton goes, uh, and, and Garcelle goes, Sutton, do you feel helped? Erica, do you feel helped? She says this in a talking head, and she goes, it's a no. And we go back to the scene, and Garcelle says, gotcha, to Dorit. And Dorit says, be honest about what was said. Garcelle, you turned around me at that one Christmas party and said, that's not what you said the other night, Dorit. She's still living in this moment from like seven episodes ago. We have a flashback at that moment, and we come back, and Kathy goes, you're still carrying that torch, Dorit. I thought everything was... De- Come on, Dorit. And uh, Dorit goes, I'm making a point that when she does it, it's okay. And Kathy goes, Dorit, come on. <laughs> and Kathy, in a talking head, goes, I'm getting a little... And then she does her Jedi move, and she puts her hands up. Kathy is a master Jedi. Um, and Kathy and I talking to Ed goes, you know, it's two back and forth. It's nitpicky. It's like, uh, Dorit's like the camel with the toes. And I was like, is Kathy trying to say camel? Is Kathy saying Dorit has a large camel toe? And then she's like, it's like the camel with the toes and with the camel's back. And the producer goes, oh, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And she goes, yes, the straw that breaks the camel toe. Yes. Um, and Rinna, we're back. And Rinna goes, I think... I think there's still some hurt feelings with you and Dorit. And, you know, Garcelle goes, yeah. And Dorit goes, yeah. And Garcelle goes, I thought it was over, but um, apparently it isn't. And Dorit says, it rears its ugly head. There are conversations, you know, how I feel. I, I, you know, I want my friends to be upfront and honest, boop, 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 and transparent. And that's how you create real friends. Dorit letting us know how friendships are created. And Rinna goes, Garcelle, Garcelle, look at me, Garcelle. 
let me ask you a real question. You shared that you don't feel comfortable in this group. And Garcelle goes, I didn't say that. I said accepted. And Rena goes, do you like the women at this table? And Garcelle immediately goes, absolutely. And then she goes, some more than others. <laughs> and Rena looks like, like taking a bow. Ooh. But also, also, um, if we can all get closer to the stereos in my, fuck you, Lisa Rena. What you did here is another example of why you are horrid. Horrid. Trying to question Garcelle in this setting of, do you like the woman at this table? Do you feel, you've always bitched saying that we don't understand you. And Rena goes, if you want to be included, Garcelle, you really need to make an effort to be a friend. And Rena and I talking head goes, I've known Garcelle for 20 years. Do you notice how Rena always knows everybody for decades, but yet is like close to no one? And we've all made an effort to make Garcelle feel a little more comfortable in this group. And we had a B-Day, her fucking Garcelle's birthday. By the way, Garcelle must be so regretful of like, fuck, remind me to never have Rena throw me shit because she will never stop bringing it up until the end of time. We had a birthday for her at my house. Harry made some bolognese. But here's the thing with friendship. It's a two-way street. Garcelle <laughs> didn't even know it was Kyle's birthday the other day. So to want a friend, she needs to be a friend. <laughs> and there's a flashback of Rena telling Garcelle it was Kyle's birthday. And Garcelle was like, oh, I wasn't aware. I mean, I did we have a birthday scene for Kyle? Oh, yeah. Kyle came over to Rena, and it was Rena and Erica Jane, I think. So Rinna goes, for you to say these women are coming after you, it wasn't cool, Garcelle. It wasn't cool. And Garcelle says, who here doesn't feel I don't like them? And I think Dorit was like, ah, and, and Kathy goes, I feel like you like me. <laughs> and, and Garcelle goes, I don't go around asking if people like me. And Rinna goes, Garcelle, you need to be more straight. And Garcelle goes, come on, Rinna, give me a fucking break. Which, by the way, I feel like we were all like, come on, Rinna, give me a fuck. Do you, like, she really just attacks. It's like she, like, feels like she's going to make a kill and she just jumps on it. She can't, I don't know if it's like Adderall or what, but she's like, you need to be more straight, Garcelle. I'll tell you what you need to be. And Garcelle's like, I'm not you. I don't need to be, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not you. And Garcelle, she goes, Garcelle. I need you to be straight up with how you feel right now. You're shady. You're shady, Garcelle. And Garcelle's like, we're all shady. And she goes, Garcelle, just be honest. And we cut to commercial. We come back and she's like, just be honest. How do you feel? I got to get to the bottom of it. I watched you. Let's have this moment. And uh, Garcelle was like at Dorit's the other night. Are you talking about that? That's the moment you had me watch. And if you remember, Rinna and Erica Jane were making fun of them 10 feet away. So it was like literally like, you know, like Rinna didn't help that situation at all. And Dorit was like, I was confronting you, Garcelle, on you speaking to the press and what you were doing to me. And Garcelle says, when I feel something, it doesn't negate how you feel, Dorit. Like, I like that it's like we're explaining a concept that you learn when you're eight years old to an older lady. And Garcelle goes, I'm on an island by myself. 
you know, I'm being the only black person in this group and it's, it's not about race. It's not about race, but have you thought about maybe it's a little odd for me? And, and Garcelle's starting to like tear up and Kyle goes, well, I thought about it, but I've never verbalized it. And Garcelle's like, if you don't verbalize it, how am I supposed to know about it? Just because I'm strong doesn't mean I'm not fragile and I'm not trying to fit in. And this is when that little bony fucking asshole puts her hand over her heart. She goes, oh, oh, yes. Ah, she's like orgasm. Oh, that's, oh, you're so orgasm. Oh, oh, yes, yes. And like, you know, shakes her head. Oh, oh I, I created this moment for you, Garcelle. Fuck off. Um, and Garcelle goes, my whole life, I've had to fucking try and fit in. And Erica goes, but you do fit in, Garcelle. But you do fit in, Garcelle. And they're all shaking their heads like, yeah, you do fit in. Yeah. And Garcelle goes, it doesn't feel like that. I have to walk in and I have to prove myself every time. I've always had to prove myself. Have you ever walked into a room and felt like you are the only one who is different? And Kathy goes, yeah. <laughs> and she did. She goes, yes. <laughs> Kathy Hilton goes, yeah, all the time. <laughs> she got goes, I definitely feel that way. <laughs> I think maybe Kathy really doesn't see color. Kyle, is that you? Kyle, why are you speaking? Oh, Garcella, you're the one that's speaking this. Uh, so Kathy was like, yeah, I feel exactly that way. And Garcelle goes, well, try your whole life. And Kathy goes, and this is very genuine, I felt. Kathy goes, I'm really glad you're sharing this. And Rinna goes, I am too. I am too. I think this is, thank you. Thank you for sharing this. And you can tell in Rinna's mind, she's like, look what I did. I'm a hero. I browbeat somebody into having a breakdown. Or is it a breakthrough? <laughs> Mr. Hamlin, guess who your, guess who your wife scared tonight? Um, and uh, Kathy goes, I'm really glad you're saying this. And Kathy gets up and hugs her. And Kyle goes, I, I like seeing Garcelle in this moment. It's like, you ladies all like when she seems fucking weak. Like, I like seeing her weak. I like seeing her crying. I like see, saying that she doesn't, she gets nervous around us. I like that. Like, that's what they're saying, basically. It's, it's like the scene in Midsummer when all the ladies are like getting the one lady to scream and all that. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, feel that emotion. And I just felt it was really weirdly manipulative. It really was. It came off so gross to me. I, I don't think I'm the only one that thought this, but maybe, I mean, and everybody goes, you're brave. You're brave and you're good. And it's like, what is this? The fucking help? Like, you're smart. You know, you was kind, you was smart, Garcelle. And Rena's just being like, you're brave and you're good. And Rena hugs her and Kathy's there. And, and you know, Kyle goes, by being vulnerable, you've allowed us to go to the next moment with you. You allowed us to get to the next level. By the way, have we ever seen Rena get emotional and go to the next level? I would really love to see Rena vulnerable and get her to the next level. Yet we've never really seen that. I just think it's interesting. And Rena goes, how do you feel? That was beautiful. Garcelle, look at me. <laughs> that was beautiful. And Garcelle goes, better. 
in that moment, it must have been actually powerful and it must have been a release for Garcelle. But I think it was a manipulative release. And I would love to know what Garcelle says uh, nowadays about that. And especially after watching it back. I do find it like a curious, like I said earlier, Crystal didn't say anything throughout this whole scene. In fact, I forgot Crystal was there. Like you, it wouldn't have surprised me at a certain point if we just saw a shot of Teddy all of a sudden. Like what? And Erica, you can tell just they're glad you're like, fuck yeah, they're not talking about me. I'm just eating everybody's Chilean sea bass. And um, Dorit's like, oh, I love it, Garcelle. Oh, and she hugs, you know, Garcelle. And Garcelle in the talking head goes, tonight they got to see a piece of me. And uh, me being vulnerable and saying how I feel made them see, you know, my difference. And it, it was a breakthrough for all of us. And then Renee goes, what time is it? Oh, 1130. Oh, so late. We need to go to bed. <laughs> and Erica goes, oh, God. And all the ladies are like, oh, 1130. Oh, 1130. Erica goes, what's happening tomorrow? And Kathy goes, we do a sound bath tomorrow, and if anyone wants coffee or tea, we can adjourn to our suite right now. And they're all like, tonight? What? Oh, my God. Oh. And, and I'm talking to Kathy goes, these girls, they don't know what they're missing. I got a suite so we can all hang out together. This is disappointing. And by the way, when Kathy Hilton says this is disappointing, that's fucking disappointing. Like, I would be like, oh, shit, I disappointed Kathy. I'd be in that, like, I'll have coffee and tea, Kathy. Like, what do you, let, let's fucking hang. Let's do, do Scrabble. Let's do Twister. Let's fucking, let's connect for this shit. Like, let's hang, dude. Let's talk, let's talk turkey. Let's get deep with it. Let's do prank calls. Like, do you got Prince Albert in a can? Let him out. <laughs> you know, let's do stuff, Kathy. Let's live. So we cut to the next morning. Uh, Kyle and Kathy are having coffee. And she's like, Kyle, be careful. You're spilling milk everywhere. We see Crystal in her room pulling out some warm croissant. Uh, Garcelle, uh, Sutton's at the door. And she goes, entrez-vous? Uh, Sutton's in crutches. And uh, Sutton goes, I'm excited for this sound bath. I say, I say, I think it'll change my life. And Garcelle goes, I'm a resident nurse here for you. And uh, Gar- Sutton goes, uh, add this to your list of jobs for me <laughs> and garcelle says it's black history month sutton you have to be nice to me i shouldn't be rolling you around like this so now we're at the sound bath we meet jasmine amelia a sound bath specialist if you will and this is a uh, in a long line of sound bath scenes in housewife history of course we have the most famous one being real housewives of orange county when kelly dodd banged a gong over um Shannon Bedore's head and caused brain damage to Shannon Bedore. Uh, you could still see that uh, is playing out. Uh, also, this is the, also the part where I was like, we've taken tie-dye too far. Tie-dye started off as a really cool countercultural hippie thing with like the dead and all that stuff, but it, it wasn't meant for Rena to fucking like wear diapers of it all the time. You know, it's like, hey, everybody, it's cool. Peace and love. I'm in my tie-dye. And Kyle's in her tie-dye. And I'm just like, it's taking away the specialness of tie-dye. You know, like, ah, are you going to see the dead with John Mayer? Dead and Company, me and Harry love the Dead and Company. We wear our tie-dyes, and we go camping. <laughs> um, Kathy lets us know, I was at a baby shower for Kim Kardashian, and she did a sound bath at her weird baby shower, and so it's relaxing and special. And uh, she's like, I see this being cleansing for everyone. And Crystal goes, is Erica not coming? And Rena goes, maybe she dealing with some, something this morning. I don't know something. So you know Rena obviously knows something because she's like, oh, maybe she's, oh, so, you know what? Let's not worry about her. 
And Kathy goes, yeah, let's just let Erica chill this morning. Don't worry about it. Uh, the lady says, the sound bath meditative is, it's like a meditative concert. You got to tune into the sounds for religion and stress reduction. And then Kathy just rips one. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> Excuse me. And Kathy goes, you're supposed to lay back and relax. And then they do the little drums, Kathy says. And then, you know, they do some music over your stomach and you just completely melt. And uh, I thought it would be great if they cut to Erica just ransacking all the girls' hotel rooms. She's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, mommy needs a new purse. Mommy needs a new purse. <laughs> Erica Jane, the hamburger starts again. Uh, Rena and I talking to Ed goes, you think something like the sound bath is going to happen? There's something's going to happen, but nothing happens. Nothing. And I thought, what a perfect metaphor or uh, kind of explanation also for Rena's character. You think something's going to happen with her, but nothing ever happens. Nothing. We get to the end of the sound bath and we see Kathy is fully on her side, fully asleep. And Kyle's like, is my sister asleep? And she's just, it's just, that's Kathy, which by the way, I want to like make it like an 80s sitcom, like Perfect Strangers or the start of an 80s sitcom. And we just call it, that's Kathy. Oh, Kathy. Maybe that's like the tagline. Oh, Kathy. And Kyle goes, she doesn't even have her fan out here and she's sleeping. And they all thank Jasmine so much. What a great sound bath. Oh, this is such a special sound bath. And the lady's like, I hope this sets you up for the rest of your day. And Garcelle goes, ready for some wine tasting. Kyle is talking to Rinna about Erica. And it's like, well, uh, you know, she texted, just start without me. Start the sound bath without me. And Rinna goes, they put, they put Tom brother, Tom's brother in charge of the conservatorship. And they want to now put Tom in a mental facility for people who have dementia. It's in page six. That's a big turn of event, guys. Rena always seems to know. Think about that. So in our new scene, Rena and Kyle are walking in their tie-dye down the hall, and they go to Erica's room, and she goes, Hi, guys. And Erica goes, How was it? And they're like, It was really nice. It was really nice. How are you? And Erica goes into her mom, Well, I wanted to have you over and sit down and talk about it. So yesterday was the hearing for Tom's conservatorship, so his brother to take over all of his affairs. And someone sent me an article about what happened at court, and there was one piece of it that really bothered me. Tom's brother asked to have the authority to place him into a facility that deals with cognitive disorders. And Rena goes, how do you feel about that? And she goes, girl, I'm ready to have a nervous breakdown. Regardless of what is going on legally, this is someone I was with for 22 years. Of course, Rina says. I knew last night, you ladies, I read the article. I sat there eating my Chilean sea bass all night knowing. And that's why I said, I'm fearful. <laughs> Once again, if you read this troubling article, take a sick day, Erica. We, you know, you don't like, we're like, oh, look at you, Erica. She ate her entire meal like a grown-up in front of other grown-ups. Oh, Erica. Oh, my God. Is, is there a Nobel Peace Prize? Is there, say, will she be up for awards for this? What a champ. And Kyle goes, the last time you saw Tom, you dropped him off at his office. 
And do you agree with this about them putting them away? And Eric goes, my grandma had Alzheimer's, so I have experience with this. The most beloved person is my grandma in my life, and that was a very difficult thing. I watched my grandma die, and to see this happen here again. And I'm like, you don't have to see it, you dolt. You fucking left him. You left him. You don't have to watch this. And then she goes, when my grandma was in a home, Tom paid for that. And Rinna goes, did he? He did. Tom needs a caretaker for sure. But he doesn't need a caretaker at a facility like that. Because if you lash out, they medicate you. The only way is down. And he goes, the only way is to rot. Where is this man's family? And this is when I was like, what? Where is this? You're this man's family, you fucking greedy, greedy wench. Where is his children? It feels like he's no use for them anymore, so fuck it. And I'm like, you are the one that left him. And they're like, his family, they don't want the stain, the public scrutiny. They don't want to be associated. It's a tragedy all the way around. She goes, they don't want the stain, you guys. The public scrutiny, they don't want to be associated. It's tragic all the way around. Guess who also doesn't want the stain? Erica Jane doesn't want the public scrutiny. Erica Jane. They don't want to be associated with him. Erica Jane, who fucking left him. And she now admits that she saw this. Remember, you guys, she was the first person to notice there's a problem, Docs, supposedly. So she left him knowing all of this. So even, this is the point I keep trying to like go over in my head, even if... And I do think she was aware of certain money things about the money. But let's say she didn't. Okay, so she's just a fucking horrible asshole that left somebody of 22 years that took care of her the first sign he had mental instability. Because guess what? He cheated on her 10 years ago. She was aware of the cheating 10 years ago. Something doesn't add up. And I think that piece is she left because she knew the financial shit was happening. Because the other answer is she left him because he was going through something really scary to watch. So she just left him. Which does happen, I'm sure. But that just also then just makes her so cold, inherently cold again. And Kyle goes... It's a nightmare across the board. And Erica goes, it is a nightmare across the board. Each day it unfolds more and more. I told you about the burglary. I don't know anything past. He got out of surgery for his glaucoma. He could have been stabbed. He could have been murdered. They could have ate him. And Rena says, no matter what, you have a motherly connection to him. And I understand that as a mother. I'm like, Rinna, you have a, wait, you're just saying Erica has a motherly connection to him? What about a daughterly connection to him? What? Rinna? Rinna? And she goes, I may be, I may be getting divorced from this man, but it doesn't mean I have not divorced myself from caring about another human being who can't care for himself. Have you divorced yourself from caring for all the victims? Have you divorced yourself from that? And she goes, wouldn't you be? I can't take care of the man, but I don't want him discarded. That is not okay. And then she goes, this is the, she goes, 
You want to know who your friends are? Get old and go broke. And steal from orphans and widows. She left that part out. You want to know who your friends are? Get old and go broke. Erica, you dolt. You ignorant, ignorant lady. It's not getting old and going broke. It's what he did to all of those people, how he diverted the funds to you. It's not as simple as going old and going broke. Please don't make everybody in this world so callous when you are the callous one. And that's the thing where it, it, it's awe, it's astounding to me watching that, where you're like, oh my God, you want us to feel bad for him and you. And then that's the end of the episode. And next week, we see Erica say the line to Kyle of like, I've got zero dollars. It's fucking bullshit. And then we also see that Erica does speak to Sutton all of a sudden. Um, so, you know, another really intense, I think, amazing episode. Um, really, really a lot of stuff came out in this one. And also, I do want to address the Tom Girardi video where they um, they said they got him out of a fancy restaurant, but my friend Marissa said that's in her neighborhood and it's not a fancy restaurant. It's, you know, a uh, middle of the road uh, restaurant, but he was dressed well. And, and guess what? He looks bad. He looks like an old man and he's smiling. He was like, hey, everybody, like, you know, and the TMZ guy was like, did Erica know about, you know, the money? And she was, he was like, yeah, I think, you know, she definitely knew about my legal problems, but he, you know, it wasn't the, oh shit, the smoking gun that I think everybody was trying to make it out to be. It did look like a confused old man that was like, Hey, I'm glad to be talking to people. How are you? Like very smiley. It was very creepy. Um, it is sad. It is sad for anybody to get older and to go through potentially what he's going through. And like I said, I I believe that he has, you know, de- I believe there are dementia things. I mean, he does look like he's an 83-year-old man, guys. These things do happen. But, um, but remember, this wasn't something that he didn't just start stealing a couple years ago. I mean, it would make things a lot easier. And I think that is the story that Erica is trying to push the narrative. I think that's the narrative. And and like, I think I don't know what his brother is involved with. I don't know all of these things, but we'll find out more, you know, but right now it's, you know, these people are in a recovery thing of trying to recover as much money as possible. Um, so we'll see, but I just think it's, it's, uh, it's another week of Erica, trying to mess with emotions and and steer them towards um, Tom and herself rather than the place, you know, and it's like an interesting philosophical question too, of like, you know, you know, how big is your heart? Can you feel bad for everybody? And, And where is forgiveness? And I don't know if you can really have forgiveness when somebody doesn't really actually tell the truth or step up to the plate or show really any real remorse, which I feel like we're not seeing that at all. And that's why it's hard. I think that's why I get even more frustrated when you have people like Rinna cheerleading her on and not pulling her aside and go, yo, this is a bad look. You're coming off like a severe asshole. Um, I, the rumor is, and I'll say this at the end of the episode, I'm sure uh, people haven't uh, gotten all the, all the way through this, but this is the information I have in terms of who she could be dating allegedly. This is from a Twitter account uh, online. Um, it's a gentleman 
Uh, well, actually, according to Up and Adam and Dana Wilkie, uh, I was on Up and Adam's YouTube uh, show this week, and Dana Wilkie, of course, we know the $25,000 sunglasses. Erica's new man is potentially a man named Michael Gaugan, G A U G H A N, and his net worth is $200 million. And if you could see pictures of this guy, he looks like a portly gentleman, uh, balding, and uh, an older gentleman. He looks like, I would say, mid 70s. And he's worth $200 million. And I got to say, like, if that is true, that's really fucking gross. Like, Erica potentially is a very, very gross person, you know? Like, I I talked to Ronald Richards this week, and I was like, you would think there would be something about just, like, her getting out with her name and be able to start with her career on her own and seeing what she can make of it. But then just to run into the arms of another very old man that has a lot of money, it, 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 it's like a career choice. You know, it's like, well, I went to school for marrying old rich people, and that's what I got to do with the rest of my life. It's gross. Anyways, you guys, we did it. I can't believe that was two hours. I'm sorry I took so much of your time. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had some good moments, some good laughs with this. Thank you for all of your support. I'm glad I'm feeling better. Um, Thank you for all your well wishes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything. I will see you on Monday with a pop culture roundup. Um, But this is fun, man. We get to do this together, and uh, I, I really appreciate you guys. So I hope you have the best fucking weekend ever. I hope you hang out with friends family. I hope you fall in love. I hope you get some kisses. I hope you hang out with your kids, all of that stuff. Uh, and, uh, thanks for allowing me to be a part of your life. And I will talk to you guys again very soon. Bye. Bye. I'll say, I'll say bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Harry. Betches.